Then they headed over to Chief Justice John Roberts' residence with a similar message. You don't get to take away my bodily autonomy and enjoy your Saturday night at home. You can do one or the other. Kiwoon Hallway, who has had an abortion and is a sexual assault survivor, has been holding candlelight vigils in front of Justice Kavanaugh's home. Such a high stakes situation that if, you know, it's a little bit noisy in the neighborhood, um, you know, in comparison to what women in this country are facing, like it's really not a big deal. Here we go, here we go, here we go, and we are back at you once again. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in today to Put Them on the Couch. I'm your host, Jason McCoy, flanked by my good man, colleague, cohort. Nelson Boyer. And we are the cast of Put Them on the Couch. We are back today with a firecracker, man. Protest, buddy. Protest. Not literally a firecracker. We don't want any police sort of... uh, interrogation presence I don't, I don't need the national guard out in front of my house well, aiming lasers wait till uh, january 20th 2025 you never know yeah. hey you know what the constitution says about protests it says you cannot do it unless you do it the exact way that makes everybody close, the majority close. it also says the right time not it's, just the right way you have to have the right time yeah, you know what really seriously right, what does it say for real congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of the people to peacefully assemble there you go I love that, man. It's, it, look, that is and a if you, really and if you important don't, concept. And if you don't honor that, does it say the consequences will be um, those those um, fake grenades, those smoke bombs, those rubber bullets? Uh, well, that would be, uh, you know, abridging the right of the people to peacefully assemble. Okay. So you, there, there's very few limits on when and where a protests a protest can take place. Now there is the question, which we'll get into, of the Tactics. law of the moment versus yeah. natural law, right? Um, mm. You know, if you think about something like the civil rights movement, a moral uh, imperative behind when people that, right? are walking across Edmund Pettus Bridge, the police had the law of the moment on their side, sure. but they did not have natural law. Uh, no. You no. know, I guess when you're cutting a padlock, right? When you're cutting a padlock like those two or three people did out um, a couple of years ago when they stopped the flow of oil. Mm-hmm. about it for a couple of hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interrupted about 3 million barrels of oil. That's like, what, you know, two, two, three minutes for uh, Exxon or whatever. Anyway, they um, they cut the padlocks, were arrested, of course, and they were, they were you know, arrested for sabotage. And I understand that sabotage is a type of um, protest. Could and un- be. And under the right kind of circumstances, you might even argue that you have not only the moral right, but you're obliged morally uh, to, to sabotage something, right? I think that's what you mean by natural law versus law of the moment, right? Yeah, if sure. You got, if you got the the, the moral uh, high ground to stand on, if you're going to, if you feel like the powers that be are threatening you or society, I mean, I think about climate change. Is there a bigger moral imperative, a bigger moral threat? Perhaps not. Change, arguably. And the people who cut those locks on the pipeline, I guess they really believe that. They felt like right. no, you left me no other choice. Right. And, you know, that's sort of why our founders were so big on including something like that in our Constitution. The American Revolution didn't really start as a revolution or a war. It started as a protest. It started as uh, the people going up to the parliament or going up to the custom houses, going up to the tax collectors and saying, look, you guys are ignoring our rights. You guys are ignoring what you have granted us and you're violating our rights as natural born Englishman, you know, during the founding period, they actually had liberty, uh, liberty funerals where they would take a, they'd go get, you know, drunk in a tavern, and they'd take a guy and put him in a box, and they would like cry and mourn. They'd crepe everything out. They had black on. They'd be like, "Liberty, liberty is past." And then the is that like dude, bur- is that similar to like burning an effigy? They would burn an effigy too, but it's I guess it wouldn't. It's similar, but the guy would actually just jump out of the coffin. They would. Say some prayers and oh, they would resurrect. Yeah, they'd resurrect oh, that's liberty. That's the opposite of burning and an Then they would go drink that's a more. rebirth. Yeah, like it's that, like, right? yeah, reborn. Yep. So, I mean, th- this concept was really, really important and it's remained important, I think, throughout our history. I mean, and you could, you, there are plenty of examples where you could say, well, did it go too far, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what about the Parson Tea Party? Did that go too far? Well, I don't know. I mean, you tell me. Um, I would say no. I would say it didn't go too far. It went up to the line. 
and then no further. Nobody got hurt, right? Just no. some tea. But but a little bit of uh, destruction of property that's not yours. Um, yeah. Right? So yeah, I guess it I, is one of those sort of three categories that some political psychologists and philosophers talk about when they're trying to separate peaceful protests from otherwise uh, unpeaceful protests. Well, and then there, again, you have the law of the moment, right? Because the... Uh, the, the powers that be in Parliament passed the Intolerables Act, right? They said, well, the, th- this was absolutely unacceptable. You can't destroy property. So, do you, I mean, do you think the Boston Tea Party went too far? Um, I mean, I could say no, but I'm not a historian, so I don't feel like I even have the right to weigh in. What do you think, Mr. I, I, I would say that it went just far enough. It went right up to the line mm. because there was that element of destruction of property. Sure, sure. Right? And there is that, um, you know, again, we have that, Natural law versus law of the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, Parliament passed the Intolerables Act right after that. So you can't destroy all of our property. But, you know, I think natural law is at the heart of any good protest, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's about pointing out something that is fundamental, um, that might go against the grain, that might go against, you know, any law at any time. Okay. I think of child protests, for sure. instance, the child labor protests mm-hmm. or union pro- climate so, protests. You don't have you don't, and that's the point of the protest, right? You're not gonna have the law on your side. No. If you're protesting. You're not gonna something. have the majority. You're not have the government. You're not gonna have all the other people who support it on your side. I, I think um, several sort of his, history buffs and people who are into sort of studying protest. Um, D. Ray McKesson comes to mind. He he has a lot of cool, flowery language for some of the stuff. But he says, yeah, you know. Um, when you are protesting, you are obviously protesting in the face of people who are angry. And, of course, when you do that, the protesters themselves oftentimes can't help but to be angry as well. So it's not like you're ever going to be completely peaceful. Nobody's ever going to sing Kumbaya when they have diametrically opposed beliefs. Um, What do you think about that? I think that's true, but I think it's important to channel that. You know, you think of somebody like Gandhi, you think of somebody obviously like Dr. King, um, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, yeah. the nonviolent movement. Sure. Um, I think it's really important to to channel that. You know, I, w- I was just watching my class because we're talking about uh, the power of media, citizen participation in government. So Selma is a really good movie for that. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever seen it. I have. Um, but, you know, there's a scene there where they're talking about what nonviolence is. And they said, look, nonviolence is not passive. It's really, really powerful. And in terms of protest, in terms of shaping public opinion, changing law, it, it really is. That is a really powerful movement, this mm-hmm. idea of you know, do whatever you want to me. I'm right. You are wrong. So what, what, is, a little, what is a broken bone? What yeah. is a fire hose? Well, I have no problem with how anyone chooses to sort of express themselves through protest, provided that they're not hurting anyone. Um, but again, sometimes hurting someone is required um, if you are trying to stop something that is even larger than that, you know, for instance, if if I know that there is a truck barreling down the street towards a crowd of children uh, at a Boy Scout parade and I pull a couple of adults into the road with me to sort of stop it or slow it down before it hits all these kids. I mean, yes, it's violent. Yes, it's outrageous what I did. I murdered a couple of people, um, but you know, ethically, I could argue that I've got um, natural law on my side. I'm, I'm protecting a large number of children. I would do the same for my own children. Um, but I know that's an extreme example, but nevertheless, I do want to. So, yeah, I, I don't feel comfortable telling people how to express their protest. Um, I think on the whole, we got to make sure that we don't allow the cause to eclipse the tactic or yeah. to be eclipsed, excuse me, by the tactic. Um, so is violence ever justified? I would imagine so. I would agree that violence can be justified in the face of extreme injustice. However, what I will say, and I'm going to qualify that, I don't think that once violence enters the picture, I don't think you have a protest anymore. Yeah, you have something else. You have something very different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, violence is in the eye of the beholder, right? Or justification, rather, is in the eye of the beholder. Right. I think if you went to something like January 6th, they would say they were 100% justified. Yeah, at least it started out that way. And the ones who were violent, I mean, they had no choice. Or they were be, provoked, or right? So, I mean, I think we have to be very, very careful. But I don't think anytime you have violence, I don't think you have a protest. I think mm-hmm. you, you have something else. I was also... Um, interested in what you said earlier about, you know, hey, if, if possible, you should try to be peaceful, and that does seem to, to work. Um, I would push back a little bit and say my concern about 
um, that peaceful protest mantra and always evoking the name of Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr., is that that seems very convenient, particularly for the powers that be, particularly for the people who are doing the disenfranchising, the people who are doing the um, um, the thing against the minority group, right? It's easy for me, if I'm in the majority, I've got all the power, and I like the status quo, to say, hey, why don't you just do it like Gandhi did? Why don't you just do it like Martin Luther King Jr.? I would say that that's fundamentally, my, my that, that represents a fundamental misunderstanding mm-hmm. about why those people were effective. I agree with you. I think that's uh, people like to look back at that through rose-colored glasses. And mm-hmm. It's important to remember that they polled plenty during those time periods in the 50s, 60s, and Dr. King was never popular. Dr. Right. King was always considered extreme. Yeah, he certainly men, wasn't considered it, a complete pacifist. I mean, the way they the way they talk about it today, uh, the way a lot of people, everybody has sort of co-opted Dr. King to their their vision really misunderstand you know it represents misunderstanding of how of why he was effective and why Gandhi was effective mm-hmm. because it wasn't as simple as look we're nonviolent we yeah, yeah, yeah. and I feel like that's sort of the um, you know we're nonviolent we're colorblind sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's sort of become this the, yeah this caricature of what that moment really was and, and that's a shame because we can learn a lot from it if we want to affect change as citizens. And, you know, in a democracy, citizens are sovereign, right? Mm-hmm. We are the, the last stop. We might not always feel that way. We might feel like that there's a them or a they. And, you know, I think there's something, um, something very attractive um, about having this other group out there that is coming after us because it sort of gets rid of our responsibility. Um, it alleviates our responsibility to our own power. And we can say, well, we're not really all that powerful. When the truth is, in a democracy, we are. And that is uncomfortable to have that type of of power. Yeah. I think about us versus them when it comes to protests as being a motivating force, personally. Now, I am um, familiar with the evidence that suggests that when you have a clear us versus them, it can also lead to things uh, that are more aggressive, even more violent, uh, can lead to even more ex- extreme um, sort of polarization. But I certainly see motivation as a big force, right? If I were trying to uh, move a group of people against our for a cause, I should say, and I felt like we weren't gaining any headway um, any other way we, we approached it, I might actually, as, a, as a, an extreme, I might actually say, look, uh, I might start painting a picture of the group that we are protesting against as the other. I might vilify sure, them. I might, sure. I might do all these kind of rhetorical tricks in order to get my group energized and mobilized. But I am familiar with the research that says, look, that is dangerous because when the one group starts to see the other group as an extreme other, you might not even see them as human anymore. And sure. then, then you're right, it can devolve into uh, something that, well, doesn't even resemble protest anymore. I want to also Well, I think we're probably, you know, Somewhere we're circling that moment right now. Yeah, we have been, haven't we? Yeah. I wanted to mention that there are um, uh, some studies, one in particular I'm familiar with that I just read a a few hours ago, actually, from Stanford. Um, They had um, people across the political spectrum come into a lab and watch film footage of Donald Trump um, speaking. And they juxtaposed the film footage with um, these different types of protesters. Here's what that research scientist from Stanford, Rob Wheeler, told NPR's Shankar Vedantham. What we found was that the extreme protest tactic led people to report increased support for Trump. So this would be consistent with the idea that exposure to an extreme protest event risks creating a public opinion backlash where people actually turn away from your cause, even if they might have supported it otherwise. Well, you know, it's funny when I hear this stuff because... All the time, the, the psychological research usually comes back and validates what political science knows to be true. Yeah. And that is, you know, Dr. King. The great civil rights march in Washington, a moving exercise of one of the most cherished rights in a free society, the right of peaceful protest. People take it to the streets and demanding action from their government. There's no way that can be controversial. Right. Whether or not he was like a really good guy, Gandhi, mm-hmm. whether or not they were good people, wonderful, noble human beings who were, you know, peace, peace, peace. That's totally irrelevant to their protests right. and their movement. They opted for nonviolence because they knew it to be the most effective form of protest. I see. 
when you have violence, when violence enters the equation, it has a 0% success rate. I mean, look at terrorism, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you telling me a terrorist never murdered for good cause or for was never never justified or you know that that is irrelevant to how people perceive so you would say so for the long-term effect violence doesn't really win the day never right never but in the short term perhaps it will kind of get it might make a point it could make people scared well you know and this brings me to something i've been thinking a lot about the last couple days and that is you know the lack of protection for protests and for peaceful assembly across the world. Hey, and let's let's take a break and put a pin in that. When we come back, we'll pick that up. All right. And we're back. You're listening to Put Them on the Couch with Jason McCoy and Nelson Bowyer. We've been talking about protest, political activism. Um, my own definition, Nelson, of a protest or is someone who stands up, stands out, stands for, maybe even stands against um, political or social injustice, inequity, whether it be specific or systemic. Um, I have seen other definitions that I like even better, if you'd like to hear them. Um, One, I think it's D. Ray McKesson again, saying that protests are an opportunity, again, to make space for the answer, but they're never the answer themselves. I like Uh, that one. Another activist says that, Protest is about telling the truth in public, telling the truth in public. And obviously, we've got to always consider the ethics of how we're going about protesting, why we're protesting, and probably if we're going to do it right, we've got to check in with ourselves routinely to make sure that, on the whole, our cause is not being eclipsed by our protest tactics, right? Right. Uh, and uh, as you were pointing out earlier, that... Uh, Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., and many others that we don't talk about, they committed to a more nonviolent style, not because it was the right thing to do morally, not because they thought it would make, quote, the man happy, but because they knew it worked. Exactly, exactly. And, and, And I think that sort of gets us to really the point of protest, doesn't it? Yeah. Why do it? If you don't believe in it and don't believe there is an end in sight, if you don't believe there is something that can change. Exactly. Right? That's that, that, that's exactly right. And that's why I said that's why it is enshrined in our laws that we have the right to do this. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying, I was thinking often this week about um, you know protests in places like Russia uh, where Alexei Navalny was murdered in a Russian prison, you know, the opposition leader who was outspoken in his criticism of Russian government. Nonviolent. Not, certainly nonviolent. Well, I mean, he experienced violence. Yeah, but... But, but he was a very... Yeah, he was nonviolent. Um, but his words were threatening, weren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so here you have... You know, you have a guy now, his mother's asking for his body back. Mm-hmm. And as she's doing that, Russian state TV is announcing that well, yeah, we're not doing that yet. But also, your other son is now an enemy of the state, and now, he is in jeopardy. Yeah. So the Navalny Outrageous. family is still. And if you go Under and lay, dire threat, yeah. yeah. If you go and lay, I, there's a memorial to him in his hometown. Mm-hmm. If lay you a go, wreath on there, and you're going to be. You're uh, going to be. Your face is going to be planted in the snow. Yeah. Um, and there's a debate about dictators and whether or not you know in America we call this a sign of weakness, the murder mm-hmm. of political opposition. Dictators don't see this as a sign of weakness, do they? No, no. What 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 goes through the mind of the empowered uh, when they see large scale demonstrations? How dare you insult me? How dare you um, mount any kind of defense? I mean, that's the way alphas think in general. Um, that makes it difficult, but doesn't it? I would it, argue if you're a true change. alpha, if you're a true alpha, and you truly are powerful, and you truly are of substance, and you truly have what is right and just on your side, would you have to use those kinds of tactics to silence critics? Spoken like a true beta. I mean, I'm just feeling... Spoken no, like I'm, a I'm tr- thinking more like Roosevelt or one of those presidents that we still revere historically. Who sure. Said, yeah. You know, protest, criticism, questioning is, is key, right? It's part of that third rail. It's what the media is supposed to do. That's right. And I think one of them, maybe Roosevelt, said, look, especially in sort of times of unrest, especially in times of, say, war, People need to be asking questions. Absolutely. The president needs to be Absolutely. standing there 100%, and taking right? the answer and, and giving the answers. Talk about protesters 
going to the houses of elected officials. As we get into that, we should talk, A, about effective versus ineffective protests, right? Mm -hmm. What separates an effective protest from an ineffective protest? So I think to have an effective protest, right, you have to have certain elements involved. Uh, They have to be political. Mm -hmm. They have to have favorable public opinion on their side. Mm -hmm. Um, It's best to have an effective protest coupled with other movements and organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, they should be using mainstream tactics, so nonviolence, um, you know, public demonstrations, rallies, media attention. Um, they usually couple these efforts with traditional lobbying, traditional mobilization events, mobilization of voters. Um, and again, the civil rights movement is a classic example of that. They they were using the media to garner favorable public opinion. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to hear, hey, man, Alabama's crazy. This guy was bitten by a dog just for sitting. Yeah. And no, another and thing then to another show thing it on to, film. And then when you see it, right? Yeah. I mean, you can... I think that helped the Vietnam sort of anti-war Exactly. Other, that's another very effective protest. Uh, I think of things like child labor laws, as I mm-hmm. said earlier, uh, LGBTQ protests in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. These things were very, very effective because they use those traditional things. But would you also things. say it's really difficult to be effective when you're just one person? I mean, it's easy to say, let's be um, sort of the status quo. Let's be very careful and cautious about the techniques we use, right? Let's use these normal avenues like the media. Let's use picket signs. Let's use our voice, maybe a bullhorn. Um, but that's very difficult to do if I'm protesting, for instance, a pipeline by myself. I'm probably not even going to make the news. Right. On the other hand, um, I can possibly make a lot of news and make a lot of change and make a lot of people uncomfortable and really carve out a space for a broader conversation about climate change if I can somehow garner a million people support and get them in a street standing there and yelling and picketing. What I feel I would like say if, you is have, if you have numbers on your side, you have the privilege of being less... Um, outrageous with your protest, let's say it that way, right? You don't have to use sabotage. You wouldn't have to use sort of setting yourself on fire. You wouldn't have to go into a hunger strike. You wouldn't have to burn a building. But if you've got um, a few people, maybe that's it. It's just it's just easier to get attention, perhaps. Okay, but you're acting like it's an either or mm, in that no. scenario. So what I'm saying is people who self-emulate, Buddhist mm-hmm. monks who self-emulate, yeah. right? Yeah, they're one person. Okay, but was there a free Tibet movement? I mean, did I miss that? Oh, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure was. it was everywhere, yeah. right? People who, like, you know, there's, there's but groups what now. what is that tipping point? Right? There's groups now who go to uh, the homes of elected officials. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Supreme Court justices. But now, yeah. it was just a story. Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, has protesters outside of his home. And they protested his three- and four-year-olds going to preschool. They threw blood on their car yeah. and said, Daddy is a war criminal. Yeah. And, and so, okay, okay. You're, you're saying, well, that's only one or two people, and, and how else are you going to garner that attention? I get that. There's not large-scale protests against the war in Gaza? Like, I I've seen that, like I 10. Would say, it does seem like that goes too far. But to that, I would say this is an elected official. This is an appointed official at the highest levels of our government, just like the Supreme Court justices, just like congressmen. And so I know, I don't think that they should be given special sort of privilege in the sense that um, is being at home and sitting in your house peacefully, is that a special privilege it's, it's a or is that question. just a... Going to a restaurant is the next step, right? Is Driving that a special privilege? Maybe. I mean, we, we treat celebrities the same way. We stand outside their houses, we stalk them, we take photos of them. I mean, you know, no one asked um Taking me, a photo no and pouring me. blood on somebody or fake blood on somebody kind of different. Yeah, I know. I a get little it. bit. I get it. I mean, but you can take think, a picture of that. But, but, but Blinken wasn't... They didn't pour fake blood on him, did they? On his car. On his car, yeah. They didn't pour, pour uh, Blake, fake blood on him. They didn't pour fake blood on his And yeah, I mean, I get it. It's always... There's always a line, and it always ends now, somewhere. Now, it's easy for me to say it because I haven't been protested, right? My kids haven't been threatened. I have. Yeah, you have, and I that's have. why probably there's a little bit more um, oomph in your voice. Uh, uh, but you want okay, to share, so, share where that comes from? I mean, so you're saying he's an elected official. I was an elected official. Yeah, Doesn't it matter the size and scale or no? Size and scale maybe does matter. Does it? Uh, maybe. Does it? I maybe. mean, aren't the issues that we decide no, for the students the, in New Hanover County? How serious County? the threat is. I mean, I've been threatened in my um, personal life. I've been threatened in my professional life, right, through an email or just some guy yelling at me. Um, I've felt threatened at other times when people weren't yelling at me, just maybe when they gave me a certain look or when they honked the horn at me. 
again, I don't, I don't really know what to say to that except to say, you know, we do live in a, a democracy. We do live um, in a world in which we have the right to be a little fearful. We have the right to be a little intimidated. Um, you're never going to be protected so much so that you feel 100% safe. I mean, that's just part of the, the life we live. We give up a little bit of that safety because we want to have we want to be as free as possible, right? Yes, you could pass laws to make it so that nobody could come within a thousand feet of your place of work or a thousand feet of your house. You could pass a law that makes it battery to pour fake blood on somebody's car. You could. I personally think it's just vandalism. I don't think it, I don't think you could charge the person with more than just vandalism. Um, but we do treat people in public office way more special than we treat average people. And those same average people, I think, are trying to call attention to that. They're saying, look, you don't give a crap that my kids aren't getting a good education. You don't give a crap that my kids are drinking lead in the, in the water in Detroit. You don't give a crap that – I'm not saying that about the, the protesters outside Blinken's house. But, you know, people are, I think, doing what they can to affect that, change. I believe that that is a travesty and a, a – disrespect to actual protests. Protests have to have some measure, some chance of success. What is the point of tormenting Anthony Blinken's three- and four-year-old child and letting them know, hey, you are not safe, you know, you are not immune from this, this is your father. Yeah. These are three- and four-year-old yeah, kids. What is the point? Well, I, I'll admit I can't say a whole lot about it because I haven't, I haven't seen those specific allegations or the evidence of, of what those protesters were saying about the three-year-old. That's disgusting. They weren't saying anything about the three-year-old. They were pre- The car opened up, the SUV, was taking them to preschool, and they're sitting there shouting at the car saying, Daddy's a war criminal. I mean, what are oh, we I talking see. about yeah. here? Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. You think that's perfectly fine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, and again, I do, I do. I, do I think it's perfectly legal? I suppose. It's legal and it's fine. In, in again, the, it's in ugly. The same way, it's disgusting. It's, it's not, in the same way, it's fine you know, it's legal to use racial slurs no, or to no, no, no. I would not, show up at a Klan rally. No, I think it's, the, I it's think the pouring same fake vein. blood on somebody's car is way, and shouting that your dad is a war criminal is way less threatening and, and way less insulting than using the N-word, personally. I think it's it's in the same vein mm. of... No, because the people you use the N-word against... It's an abuse of your freedom yeah, of the, speech. Oh, it's an the, abuse of your freedom to protest. the people who we level the N-word against have hundreds, thousands of years of disenfranchisement. And to this day, they still are systematically um, discredited, disqualified, and pushed to the side. Um, Anthony Blinken holds a special place in... American politics and American government. He is rich. He is powerful. He can do so many things. He can use the arm of his government to do so many things. He has, he has an office. He has to he be has... very careful. He has a, an, uh, a, a power that requires more responsibility than the average citizen who's yelling at him. He has an office. Go to his office and protest. I know. Senator right way, Crew, right time, right? Senator, no, I'm not saying right But they don't right let way. you. When you go to the office, right sometimes time. they don't let you in. I've tried to protest offices before. I've tried to get in and talk to people before. They're like, no, no, thank you. No, let me tell you something. I have, been, I have been accosted, yep. yelled at, screamed at, and protested against. And I have been to Afghanistan, and I was far more afraid for my personal safety when people were showing up outside of our home, when those type of protests were taking place against me and my family, I was far more concerned. Well, you know, I mean, people are also concerned about their own families, and they see government officials as the only um, thing that stands in the way of them and a better life. I mean, four-year-olds across, across, yeah, across this country, across this country, we're still debating whether or not four-year-olds have the right to medical care. We're still debating whether four-year-olds have the right to a good education. We're still debating whether four-year-olds have the right to clean drinking water. We're still debating whether or not, you know, four-year-olds have the right to uh, to have a parent who's poor have an attorney. I mean, we're about but the, to... the debate over whether or not they have the right to drive the school without fear is over. I, again, we're done with that. Personally, debate? I would say, if if I were a Supreme Court justice, or I were someone who is a high-ranking official in the government, like a senator. I would never expect to go to a restaurant 
and to be left completely alone. I didn't ever, say that. Ever, ever. In fact, I would expect people to shout at me, curse at me, call me all kinds of names, particularly if I was doing things that would disenfranchise, that was doing things that would continue to perpetuate racism and equity across the country. What's right? Wait, why do you say particularly? What if you were doing stuff that was equitable? What if you were doing things that said, you know, I think that trans boys, or I'm sorry, trans girls should be able to play in girls' sports in middle school, and you were being screamed at at a restaurant? I can only speak for myself. I'm saying that I, I could understand if people felt strongly about that enough to come to my come to the restaurant I'm in and scream at me and call me transphobic I could understand it but again we're but getting again, into the question I know we're getting are, into are the, you a protester if you're doing that is that a legitimate protest do you have any hope of succeeding again I don't in think your mission you, of ch- you're just trying to make people uncomfortable no, 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 and you, that's we harassment can't get, we can't get in the mind of people who are protesting though so I don't know the reason why the person goes into the restaurant or the person goes to Anthony Blinken's car but what would a blood. reasonable person assume that you're going to make change by doing mm-hmm. this but 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 why do we expect reasonable people to respond to unreasonable policies and unreasonable inequities that are continuing to be perpetrated for hundreds, if not thousands we of years? We don't. We use a reasonable person standard to find out whether or not somebody is violating the law. But or at reason- the very least, can't we use the reasonable person standard to find out whether or not something is ethical or unethical? No, I don't think for ethical or unethical, for breaking the law or not. Look, if, if you have a law that says you can't pour blood on someone's car, fake blood that will wash off, then that's okay. Now, has that law been broken? If so, then you can prosecute them to the fullest extent of that law. If it's vandalism, then that's what they get. But this idea that, oh, the person needs to be protected, the person needs to, that that did that needs to be charged with assault, I mean, I think that's a little much. I think you're going too far. Because I think it's easy to put the finger out there and say this person should be um, treated as a special case because this is a special uh, crisis that we are looking at here. This person's been threatened. His kid was also in the car. But what if the tables were turned, right? Um, it, President Trump has said many times, right, he, 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 has, he has said very clearly what kind of country he wants us to be. Uh, he even thinks that it's silly that Navalny's wife wants to continue to take up the mantle. He thought mm-hmm. it was silly that Navalny, Navalny went back to Russia. Why would you do but that? That's Why what I'm you saying. You're I'm, making a mockery of people who don't have this proto. Who don't, you are abusing this mm-hmm. right, and in so doing, you are making a mockery of people because who you have don't believe that the protest it. is as important as what Navalny's protesting for. It's that's n- the difference. No, it's not. It's not how a question. Is it a mockery? It's not how a question poor, how of importance. Well, you said these are public my, officials. You said it care. yourself. They're, they're public. not above they're, the law. They're not above my ire. They're not above my criticism. Of course not. But that's the point. They're public officials. There are a hundred ways to pour fake blood on them. Yeah. And but going outside but the of clock their is homes, ticking. people are dying every day in America. Going outside of people's the homes, government fails to act. Going outside of people's homes like this is not acceptable. That's the least they can do, in my opinion. It's not acceptable. Going outside someone's home with a picket line. And I don't care if it's Ted Cruz or anybody don't. else. I know because you have been a politician. I think that's probably what's going on. I here. don't think that is. <clears throat> I'm also a uh, human being who yeah. thinks that being in your home is your space. How long so, do, should so we wait? So if you're a public official, you have no space. No, how long no should we right wait? No right to a personal space. Yeah, you have right to personal space. And if somebody invades it, then you can prosecute them for trespassing. You can tros- prosecute them for vandalism. But prosecute them for terrorist acts? I didn't on. say terrorist no. acts. You're, you're creating a straw man. I never said prosecute them for terrorist acts. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'd have no problem passing a law that says you can't protest outside of the home and of a public official. You're a public official. You're, you work for a they government. Have the, and people have the right to protest outside my office. You, you'd have no problem people standing outside of your home. I'd have a problem. Screaming I and like protest, but, but you if, think it's legal? Yeah, I do think it's legal. You think that's legal? And I it know should it's be legal. legal. I know it's legal. Well, it is legal. You're asking and me you if think, it should be illegal. Yes. No, I don't think it personally should be illegal. But however, I'm also that person that says just because I disagree with something doesn't mean I disagree with your right to do it. Just because I wouldn't do it, so you don't doesn't think, mean I'm gonna judge you I, for doing it. I understand. It. You don't think that that type of a protest makes a mockery of protest to join labor unions? It depends on what they're protesting, and how hard they have already protested using the means that you want. For instance, we have people who are dying in this country, living on the streets. Talk about Blinken's children. 
There are plenty of people's children dying on the streets. We have more homeless children. Yeah, but they're in protesting the war in Gaza. Like, no. Do you think Anthony no, Blinken's? I don't know. I don't know. He's he's a big member of our government right now. Yeah, he does have sway. Um, if this is the way they want to protest, if this is what gives them the attention they need and makes them feel uh, like they're moving on this, if it's on their heart to do it, they feel like they've got a moral imperative to save kids in Gaza. Yeah. Likewise, I think there should be more protest in the streets in America for the homeless kids that are dying in America. I Where? Think there should be I think there should be more protest on the streets in America. Ah, uh, not not at the labor secretary's house. That's fine. Out, that's gonna be the street outside his house too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I do. I, I think there should be protests outside the Supreme Court until someone like Clarence Thomas leaves the Supreme Court. I think you should protest outside his house, outside the Supreme Court every day. This guy is taking money hand over fist. We know when it. you were in an executive position. I haven't been, but okay. Uh, you, if I were. When you are in those type of positions, there are things that you choose to do and there are things that you have to do, mm. right? And when people protest things that you have to do, in this case, Secretary Blinken is charged with executing the policies that the president puts forward. The president is this nation's mm. chief diplomat. And what can he do, though, if he doesn't want to do that? He can resign. That's right. He can resign. He can and, resign. Th and then what? And that's going to stop... The president, that that's going to change them, the president's no, no, policy. That would stop them protesting outside of his house if that's what you're worried about. And that's that's where we're at. I don't know where we're that's at. That's where we're at. I don't at. know where we're at. I don't know, but here's the thing. When President Trump wins the election, if he wins the election, I'm pretty confident that he's going to, and he starts installing these lackeys, these sycophants, these very bad people to sort of do what he just dreams up doing. I hope like hell people will stand outside of their houses and protest. I when when Stephen Miller is, you know, uh, a big wig in our government this next time around, and he is implementing policies that are draconian, that make the policies that Trump was pushing the first time around look like child's play, I hope there are people that Go will back stand again, up. and what did you say was a very effective way to protest? No, and I what said was that's ineffective? A, no, no, I said what the Stanford researchers found ah. was when you get people on your side. Ah, that doesn't mean it's going to work. Just because you got people on your side doesn't mean it's going to work. You can change That's the narrative. That's the entire no, point. No, to get people on your side. You can't make change in the minority. You have to have I public opinion so on your side. I disagree with that. You have to have public opinion on your side. I disagree with that. How can you make change in the minority without getting the public on your side? Ask, ask, ask um, Japan that when we drop two bombs. How Th Those aren't protests. No, I mean... And, and by the way... By the way, repeated protests, repeated social mm -hmm. pressure, got an apology out of the mouth of the president of an the United apology. States. Yeah, that's a but big that's deal. That's not an outcome. That an people acknowledgement are really looking for. of what happened. That's child's play. Again, I think you can change the narrative all day long with peaceful protests. You can change the narrative all day long without ever changing the outcome. I mean, that's the danger I see. You can always get lip service and acknowledgement, but people are tired of it. I mean, we only live on this earth 80 years. Our kids are going to be on earth for 80 years. We want to have the best life and the most fair life possible. We have disenfranchised whole groups of people for hundreds, if not thousands of years, and our policies continue to allow these kinds of inequities to be perpetrated. We know this. And just because we don't believe it's bad, just because we don't feel it, I mean, we have that privilege, Nelson, but there are people out there that do not have that privilege. I'm actually ashamed that I don't fight harder for people who are disenfranchised. Okay, I'm, but I'm, what you're going to do... And if it's is throwing some hurt, fake blood on a car is not hurting anyone. What, no. what you're going to do by doing this, by going to people's houses, by introducing this new element to protest, is you are going to create a backlash because most people don't think that's a good idea. Most people don't want that outside of their home and can understand that even public officials who you mm -hmm. vehemently disagree with, who you so, see as perpetuating systemic well, inequities... This. Since you care about numbers... Um, when the police say, do not walk across this bridge, the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and one person braved it to walk across by himself and got into an altercation with the police and started fighting and was on camera and got bloodied up and one of the officers got their arm broken and it was on camera for everybody to see, what would you have said about that? Well, they walked across in large numbers. Oh, so it is in indeed about walking across in large numbers. So when you walk across in large numbers... 
it's different somehow. So to that point, that's a public. That is a public space. Yeah. So the that sidewalk outside space. of yes, Lincoln's house, the road a is a public space. Yeah. And if you had more than one person standing outside the car, if you had thousands, hundreds of thousands of people standing in the public space outside of his house. It would be okay. No, I'm saying you can't see a difference between no, no, a public to, bridge to out the and somebody and a, out, right outside somebody's home. No. You can't see a difference. No. Okay, well, I see a huge I know, difference. But you weren't saying the public space at first. You were saying the numbers. You said you didn't even care about the public space when it was one person walking across the bridge. You said, but there were a lot of them. I'm asking if there was a lot of people standing outside Blinken's home, in the street, on the sidewalk, across the street, whatever. Yeah, be, again, I think we can constantly, be inappropriate. Inappropriate is yeah. It's also inappropriate to dip my cornbread into soda, but it's not That's, illegal. No, it's totally. It's what I'm saying is a protest like that should be against the law. And I think we have to be careful about saying things should be against the law just because they don't make us feel comfortable, just because they make us uneasy, just because we think they're inappropriate. No, what I'm not I'm not saying that that's why it should be against the law, am I? I'm I saying know. it should be against the law because. because everybody has a right and expectation to peace and quiet in their home. Mm-hmm. In their home. And I'm saying they don't. All right, so you're saying it'd be totally fine then to if if I we were hope. if we were in a state mm-hmm. and we're not but let's yeah. say we were in South Carolina. Mm. It would be fine to go to the uh, health secretary in South Carolina in protests of, say, mandated masks in the summer of 2020. I don't know about and, mandated and masks. Fire, well, and fire, and I, fire uh, fireworks above our house day and night no, because here, we can do that. Here's the thing. I get to choose what kind of protests I'm going to be a part of. And I've already told you that— um, I would pick and choose. Of course, I'm going to pick and choose. I'm not going to protest certain things, but I would. I would. But you would support somebody's right to launch fireworks above the house of the health secretary if it day is a and right, night. If it is a right, I would. I would support it. And if it is not think, legal, if it is not illegal, I would support it. It is legal. That is legal. Then you, of course I would support it. You support that? Yes, I, I have to. Okay, I have to. It's not comfortable. It's not something you, you I would do. You don't have to. You could admit that Nelson, you were correct. Why would I want to admit you're correct when you're not? Like, for me, you're not correct. For you, you are. For you, you want the government to pass a rule or a law about everything to make sure that you feel even more comfortable and privileged no. than you are. No, again, I, I believe that it's okay for people in privileged positions to be uncomfortable more often than I, you, I, every now and then. I agree. Now, I totally agree And I also that. agree that if you're getting death threats, that rises to a completely different level, and there are already laws on the book about that. So... That's different, right? I'm not going to say that Blinken should be get, receiving death threats, but Blinken being yelled at and called a war criminal, yeah. Again, I'm hoping that when President when President Trump wins again and he puts his he installs his cronies back in office and he starts to push this strongman dictatorial sort of fascism movement, I pray that there are people like me who will do anything and everything to call attention to it to slow it down, to try to get more people behind me. And I can tell you that I don't believe that we would have time because many experts are saying we could lose our democracy within four years. I don't know that there's time to do it slowly, peacefully, um, without the fake blood, without the shouting. That's my concern. And I firmly believe that if you go the let-me-sit-outside-their-home route, certainly if you go the violent route, time doesn't matter because you will have lost. You will have driven those very people that you were talking about in the Stanford experiment. Mm -hmm. If you really think that they would look at what you were talking about and putting fake blood on a three-year-old's car when they were driving without their parent, right, when they were just driving their kids to school, if you think that that's going to engender support, the support you need to combat people like Donald Trump, I think you're flat out wrong. Yeah. You'd be playing right into I their hands. I know you think that is wrong. I know you think that's wrong, but I will, I will hearken back to January 6th. How many Americans do you think, when they look at that film footage, when they are asked survey questions about January 6th, say, that was absolutely too much, that was violent, that was horrible? No, you have... Plenty of people, large numbers of people, millions of Americans who say that was justified. In fact, there needs to be more of that. Um, I personally don't believe well, what do there know? needs to be more of that in order to keep Trump in office. I think there need to be more of that possibly in order to keep Trump from turning our country over uh, to authoritarianism. But well, what do you know about cults? 
Not a lot. Cults of personality. Right. I mean, just because large numbers of supporters have come to believe this this lie about what January 6th was, what happened mm-hmm. on January 6th, who was responsible, uh, it, it doesn't mean that that form of protest is in vogue or effective no, or going to lead the change. No, I know it, not, it doesn't necessarily, it's not going to necessarily do that. But if and when we as a country are pushed to the point where we are going to lose the remaining rights we have, we are going to disenfranchise the rest of the people, people of every background. If we get to a point where we quite literally take away all the rights and all the abilities for poor people to grieve or to have representation, then I think spilling some fake blood on, on a Trump official's car will be the least we can do. Because at that point, we will be getting into a situation where we have uh, a dictator like we have in, in Russia. Navalny, I mean, if he had poured blood on Putin's car and yelled, Putin, you're a war criminal, you wouldn't be sitting here going, I can't believe he did that. Don't they have the right? Because you would say Putin's a terrible person. I would would have no no problem with them pouring fake blood on anybody's car if it wasn't right outside of their home when their three- and four-year-old were going to school. So it's right outside the Kremlin. Putin's got grandkids. Putin's got grandkids. Yeah, I'd have a problem with that. That's yeah. crazy. Because what did his grandkids that do? That sounds like... What did his grandkids do? Nothing. Okay. But so why should they feel threatened? They are, You don't know if they're threatened. You don't why know. Why should they feel threatened? You don't threatened. know if they're why threatened. Why should they be because made they feel live, threatened? Because they live in Russia, and their granddad is a horrible human being, and he is at fault more than the media. Likewise, if Trump... Um, is trying to disenfranchise millions of people and their children and trying to take away what little rights people still have. And he's not acknowledging the plight, especially of people of color, the disenfranchised. And I say something that makes some privileged member of his family who may be underage feel nervous. I'm sorry. I mean, I am. I'm sorry. I, I want to make sure we understand the sort of the levels of reasoning here. I think there is a such thing as moral reasoning. I think there's certain things that you can do. I think there's certain things that are acceptable um, under, in other words, certain circumstances, certain things you should never do. And I think there's certain things that are obligatory. And I think the psychologist Lawrence Kohlberg sort of raised this issue 40 years ago or so when he asked kids into the laboratory and gave them this dilemma called the Heinz Dilemma. He asked these kids of different ages and uh, ostensibly different levels of moral reasoning. What would you do um, if your mommy was dying of a disease and you went to the pharmacy to get the medicine that could cure this disease and the pharmacist says, yeah, we've got some, but it's going to cost $6,000. Well, I don't have that money and mommy's going to die pretty soon. Well, I guess too bad. So the kid goes out And what is the kid to do? Now, depending on your level of reasoning, your level of maturity, you might say, for instance, if you're a three-year-old, well, I guess I'll just have to, um, I don't know, I guess mommy will have to die. Why does she have to die? Couldn't you ask people for help? Okay, well, y'all ask for help, but but if they don't have the money, mom's going to have to die. Well, couldn't you just go and ask the pharmacist? Yeah, but I don't know him. He's not family. He's probably not going to give it to me. Yeah, but couldn't you just break into the pharmacy and take the medicine? Well, no, that's against the law, and I'd go to jail. Now, ask yourself, what would happen if you asked a 13-year-old that same question? The 13-year-old would say, I'll try some other approaches, but the clock is ticking. And at that point, all bets are off. I will break into that pharmacy at night. I'll make sure nobody's there. I'll break into it. I'll take the medicine. I'll go give it to my mom. A 33-year-old might say, I'll try every method possible. And uh, as a last resort, I'll go in there with a gun. I'll rob that pharmacist of the of the drug, and I'll take it and give it to my mom. I'm sorry, but that's that's just not the same thing. First of all, you are so far removed from the it, the inevitable death when you're talking about protesting outside of an elected official's home that you can't even how ethically so? consider How many that people have the died since the Supreme Court ruled that Roe v. Wade is not the law of the land? You are far removed from those deaths. Would I understand uh, an individual whose wife or whose mother died 
because of the Supreme Court Roe versus Wade decision. Yeah, I can understand that. I would that would make sense to me. Fine. Pouring blood on the Supreme Court. The other RV. But the other and I I can and I can understand that range. And yelling, you the, killed. The other thing that you have to remember is what you are offering in your uh, analogy here is an actual. Uh, Remediation. It's an actual remedy to a real problem. Mm-hmm. Pouring blood on somebody's car outside of their home, throwing paint at their home, being right outside of their home and being obnoxious, even though I could understand Again, it, even though I could understand it, that's not a remedy. I know, but that's what, not a remedy. But people like you, if they did something even more brazen, would say, "Now that's just outrageous." So maybe their remedy is killing Blinken. Okay, right. but that's, you would say that's outrageous. Maybe the again, maybe their remedy is, is laying a, down in front is of the car. It, does that? I don't. Does know, that fix the mob? I don't know no, what their motivation not. is. I don't know what their uh, justification is. I don't know what they're trying to get to. If they're just trying to get Blinken to, but in your analogy, you do know they're trying to get medicine to yeah, save their know. mother. I was now just telling not. you what moral cur- what what Kohlberg was doing in terms of trying to demonstrate that there's a type of reasoning that happens as we mature. And mature people, older people, can reason beyond what is legal, what is appropriate, what is disgusting, what makes them feel comfortable or uncomfortable is all I'm saying. right? You were already using some of those words to, to imply that it should be illegal because it's disgusting. It should be illegal because somebody feels threatened. It should be illegal because I don't like the way it looks. That's not why I'm way. saying it you, should be when illegal. When you go back on the film, it you sh- did say it should, that. Uh, it should be illegal because I think people have an expectation regardless of their... Profession uh, and how horrible they be, are at their profession, and, and how horrible they are at and their see, profession. That's where I in a free society, you should have the right to be a dictator. No, you should have the right to be in your home peacefully with your kids, even if you're a dictator. Sure. And see, I disagree with. But that. if you were a dictator, we wouldn't live in a free society. No, but we don't have to live in a free society. There's nothing that says we have to. In fact, some argue that we already don't. And if we let people like you. Continue to add so the more only way to safeguard freedom is to be allowed to protest outside of Anthony Blinken's home. No, but one way I to disagree. kill freedom is to pass a law every time you feel like something is done against you or makes you uncomfortable. All and right. that is exactly what authoritarians do: is they make every uh, protest, everything illegal. You know that. Yes. So I'm an authoritarian sympathizer because I think some protests go too far and violate people's own freedoms. No, I don't think you are an authoritarian. And I don't think that you are necessarily wanting that, but I think that is the kind of thinking that can get you there. I think that that is a. And we'll find out. We'll find out hopefully from people who listen to this what they think. Well, what, do I'll they think what, we should pass more laws so that of public officials, no matter how horrible their decision making process, no matter how little they give to the public in terms of answering questions, no matter how little time they give to the news, do you believe that they have a right to feel? completely safe and completely comfortable anywhere and everywhere they go. That's not what I said. I said in their own homes, only in their own homes. Not outside the restaurant. No. Not outside their church. No, not outside the restaurant. Not outside their church. Home is the respite. That's it. Well, then I might be able to get somewhere like that with home, but still across the street in the road. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I still think that's okay. But again, if it's not, yes, pass a law. And make it illegal. But be careful with that slippery slope. Because again, I don't think that's a slippery slope. I know you don't. I know you it's, don't. I, but nobody's then people saying are protesting church. outside saying your place office. of work. Are, you should be outside their place of work. That's yeah. where you should go. Mm-hmm. That's where you should go. But not outside their home. Yeah. 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 Now, th- now for, for local offices, again, I think there there is a difference. Uh, we had people saying that they were going to go to our offices and protest this. We had people writing... You know, my boss at work yeah. saying that I was mentally unstable, that I was... And people I th- have the right to do that. I I don't think they... Yeah, I guess they have the they right. Have the right to do I it, I guess they right? have the right. Like we have the right to sue anybody, say but anything I, we want. That's the I, beauty I do, of this I country. Do, I do think there should be... Limitations. There, for Especially for local officials who have other jobs. Like, one job has nothing to do with the other. Let me ask you this. If you go on Facebook today and say something that someone doesn't like, do you think your employer should have the right to fire you because they don't they agree do with have what the you right. said? They do have the right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's okay? Well, no. It's Well, I mean, sure. I, I don't <laughs> know if it's okay on, or if, not, if but it's, like the government can't make laws saying that private companies can't fire people for what they think. No, no, no. I'm saying you don't, you don't work for a private company. You work for the state of North Carolina. Oh, well. If you went on there right now and said the Patriots are fucking the best football team on the earth and Bill Belichick is the greatest coach and your boss yeah, at your get, work says you couldn't no not no I work for the state so no okay I get, I get some extra protections if I worked for Harris Teeter I can get fired 
If I worked for, you know, whatever. If I, if I worked for any private company, if I worked for the NFL, I could get fired for taking a knee. Mm-hmm. 100%. You yeah. can get fired. You have no protection there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the state would So you just think we me. should have special protections for public officials, less Which for private citizens. We do have public, We do have special protections if we work for the state. Because yeah. the government and Blinken, can't. And Blinken and the Supreme Court justices should be extended even more of those personal privileges of protection. No. That's no. what I mean. I, I think no. nobody should be extended more. I don't think because it is more if you want it to be illegal to protest outside of someone's house. There is more. That's more. That's I, adding. I, I think it should be illegal to protest outside anybody's house, public or private. Mm-hmm. No matter who the individual is, no matter who the individual, and no is. matter the relationship between that individual and the protester. Yes. Okay. Outside of somebody's home, yes. Yeah. I think that's the that is the one line that people. So I'll ask you one more thing. All right. Someone comes into your house, right? Mm-hmm. Kills a family member. Mm-hmm. They're on the run. Mm-hmm. You go to their house with your friends, and you guys start protesting the home of this person. Why would I protest after my family's been murdered? I don't know. I'm asking. The cops aren't haven't done. I, I don't even. Cops know. haven't done anything. But you believe that you know who it is. Well, I would kill that person. Well, there, there, there would never be a protest for a murder. No. No. There's protests for death penalty all the time. There's protests for murders all the time. George Floyd was murdered in broad daylight, and it was a huge protest. Yeah, he was Remember? murdered by the, the government. Okay. If, if, if a private citizen came to my house and murdered my family, that's not going to engender some large protest. No, I'm not saying large. I'm just saying or you. Or any protest. No, I'm, I'm not going to protest. I I'm going to call you, the police. If I, I know where the guy is, I'm going to call the police. I think you need to rewind this tape. I asked you if it was okay to protest outside anyone's house. And I said no. And you said no. And no. then I said, can you protest outside of a suspected killer's house who killed your own family or friend? And you said, why would I protest? I'd kill them. Yeah, no, I would call the police. No, I would not, I would not go protest. Mm-hmm. But would you have the right to protest? No. no. You should be put in jail. No, you should go and tell the police. That, no, no, no. Hey, I know where this person is. But we don't get to pick and choose how or when or why people protest, right? We don't get to pick and choose how or when or why people go to the police. Protests like, are not personal. They're political. The murder of my family is personal. That your, your analogy doesn't work because protests have to be political. We said that at the start of the show. But you were a government official. Protests now, if you're a government have official, to be, If I'm a government official mm-hmm. and somebody murders my assassinates me or assassinates my family, that's still personal. That person acted political, but my reaction would be personal. It wouldn't be political. I couldn't have a political reaction to private behavior. I think we have enough rules about um, one group of people versus the other, right, already. I think there's already enough rules, enough privileges for some and not others to go around, right, to last me my lifetime. And the idea of giving anyone, especially people in power, more rights to to feel more comfortable day-to-day just because they have a special job that they're doing that we don't want them to ever feel like they're not responsible for the outcome of is ludicrous. Again, if Donald Trump or anyone else in our government who has the capability of making our life better or worse purposely makes our lives worse and someone is kind enough to just to go to the restaurant or the house of that person and pour blood on the car and yell, you are a horrible fascist, you're a baby murderer, you're a whatever... I don't think it should be illegal, but if it is going to be illegal, um, I think that we should, yeah, uh, hold them to the fullest extent of the law. My guess is that that's probably vandalism or trespassing. Okay, that's I, it. I, um, I have I have no problem with, and look, I've I've supported freedom of speech and the freedom to assemble and to protest in extreme circumstances with the Westboro Baptist ministers mm. when they were protesting at the funerals of. Of soldiers yeah, and ugly. saying it's God ugly. hates fags and doing wanna, all. Like, I don't like it. It's yeah, ugly. That, that's gross. That's yeah. highly inappropriate. I believe that every single person within the confines of their own home has a basic expectation of privacy and of peace. And standing just outside of their property line and saying whatever you want to say or shooting off fireworks is a violation. Mm. I don't care where their property line is. Okay. To me, a that vi- is a violation. Is, it may be a violation. To it may me, be a disorderly is- conduct. It may be disturbing the peace. It may be vandalism. It may be um, trespassing. There are already rules or laws on the book for that. But you're basically saying you wish it would be stronger. The laws should be have more teeth. 
Well, I wish we'd start charging people with uh, disturbing the peace or disorderly conduct. Okay, there, there we go. We can do that. So, but not battery or assault or terrorism. No. Okay. I, I don't understand how that would be battery, assault, or terrorism. I don't understand. Just have people disperse, and if they don't disperse, arrest them for disturbing the peace. Mm-hmm. Just the way it's been done in this country since time immemorial. I'm not talking about like an extra special law that says X, Y, or Z. I'm saying. If that is not a law, if that is not considered disturbing the peace, then expand the law to cover those type of protests and put people in jail for 24 hours and make them go home. Okay. Well, you heard it here. Some protesters are peaceful. Some protesters are a little less than peaceful. Some protesters are violent. Some protesters feel as if they have the moral right, I dare say the obligation to protest, not just peacefully, but in any way they feel that they have to. But there are indeed ramifications for protest. As we've already heard here today on Put Them on the Couch, some protesters risk their lives, their reputations. They risk their livelihoods. But we've been going about an hour, and I think we are unfortunately out of time, ladies and gentlemen. I do thank Nelson for this very heavy, heated, (laughs) and fun uh, conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. It we was do, fun. as always, look forward to hearing your comments. We look forward to seeing your reviews of the show. And more than anything, we appreciate your shares and your downloads. But listen, if you would, if you're so inclined, shoot us an email at puttemonthecouch at gmail.com. Put, P-U-T-E-M, on the couch at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about this show or any others. Tell us your ideas about upcoming shows. Who knows? We might use your idea, or we might even solicit you to be a guest. Again, Hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Later.